Welcome to another episode of This Engineering Life, the undergraduate series. I am Rebecca Simmons, an associate professor of the practice of mechanical engineering and material science at Duke University. I'm joined with Raina, Priya, Sydney, and Richard, all undergraduate engineering students also at Duke University. In this episode, we're talking about careers and internships. We talked to the Career Center to get some advice on their resources and when and how a student would want to use the Career Center. And we also talk with undergraduate students about their experiences. And we talked to Professor Richardson about advice that he has for our undergraduate students looking at jobs and internships. Thanks for joining us. Hi everyone, um, it's me and Luna, and we're here with Grant, who, as you may remember, was one of our co-hosts over the last few seasons. We're currently studying abroad in Spain. Yeah, Grant, you want to introduce yourself and tell us where you are at this current moment, maybe? Absolutely. Hey everybody, my name is Grant Lopresti. I am super sad to not be hosting for this engineering life anymore, but I've passed away from some pretty awesome people. I am currently studying in Amsterdam at the moment. I took a little bit of a long weekend traveling from my study abroad, which has been super exciting. We highly recommend study abroad. But a bit more about me, I am a senior research. This is my final semester studying electrical and computer engineering as well as computer science at Duke. I've had a bunch of fun internships and I'm super excited to chat with you guys about them. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Can you tell us the internships you've done um, in the past week and then it's a brief summary of why you're interested? Yeah, absolutely. I'll go chronologically with this. And I will say, I would have done things differently knowing what I know now. But what I ended up doing throughout my summers at Duke, after freshman year, I went back home to Tampa, Florida for me, and I worked for a small electrical engineering company called APG Electric. The summer afterwards, after my sophomore year, things were a little bit in shambles with COVID starting. And so my plan was originally to study abroad that summer and to do about a one-month internship that actually Professor Becky Simmons, who sponsored this podcast, helped me find in Durham, something called Tarasenko. It's a controls and automation company that has offices here in Durham. It was a small company. There were about six of us in the warehouse and office. It was in the field or the industry, I guess, that I particularly wanted to do, but I recognized that I love that small company culture, and that was something I wanted to look for in the future. After my internship at Tarasenko, I moved on to working for a software engineering company. I worked doing software at Tesla. It was a remote work job, which was something that I wasn't super excited about in the moment, but it definitely has its pros and cons. I spent about four and a half months doing what I guess you would consider a spring co-op. I took off that spring semester from school as well, so it was really just a full-fledged four-month spring internship where I got to work directly with their vehicle engineering team building software. That was super fun, super exciting. There was a lot of learning and things that I enjoyed and didn't enjoy about that internship that definitely influenced what I wanted to do in the future. And then to kind of wrap things up with my internship experience, that summer I worked doing software also remotely for Capital One, which had a very different work culture, um, but with very similar responsibilities. So it's clear to kind of see the differences between a company like Tesla and a company like Capital One. And then the final summer, I didn't actually do an internship. I actually decided after doing some pretty extensive recruiting that 
my heart wasn't in doing another software job. And that kind of isn't the direction I wanted to go. So I actually just took a road trip across the U.S. and I considered that to be a great learning opportunity as well. So that's a lot of like big names and a lot of very different companies that you've worked for. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you went about recruiting for each role? Especially I know Tesla is like a big name a lot of Duke students look for. How did you come across that job specifically? Phenomenal questions. I wish I could give you better answers than I'm about to though. The Tesla job specifically, it happened basically I think because I was just early on in the recruiting cycle and Duke was on my resume. I did not do a good job networking with anybody. I basically just applied for the job. Somebody reached out to me for interviews, and then it kind of just happened in the sort from there. So not good advice, I think, to just cold apply to places, but that's how Tesla ended up working out for me. But I can give a little bit of advice, I think, about the way one should approach internship recruiting with hindsight, if that's all right. Does that sound good? Yeah, perfect. So looking back, and especially having repeated this final summer and not ending up with an internship that I exactly went for, which I've been doing my road trip, which I have no regrets about. But looking back on that and the other recruiting I've done, I think networking really is the most important thing. And when people say that like networking is like this ominous, what does that mean type of thing? So I, what I really mean by that is reaching out to people, starting in your network, wherever you know that it's worth at interesting places. And you're not reaching out for a job. You're just reaching out to learn more about what they do. Because I think the first step with finding an internship is deciding what type of internship you actually want. And so letting some people who work in different places in the industry and then asking them for referrals of other people that you should talk to after you have a conversation with them. I think that's really important. And eventually you'll get to talking to people who actually work at the companies that you want to work at. And then after chatting with them and actually having a good conversation, it's normally pretty easy to ask if there's anything that they can do to help you get into a position in their company. And I think that's a little bit more what I mean about networking. And it's kind of just a being honest with people, talking about what your goals are, how you can help them, and eventually getting to the point where they can potentially help you get to the interview phase. And I think once you get the interviews, it's really just a question of whether you're the right fit or not. In my opinion, if it works out, it works out phenomenal. If it doesn't work out, it's probably for the best because you probably weren't the right fit for that job. And how I plan to approach things, I guess I didn't mention this. I don't actually have a job lined up for after I finish this semester. A little bit of an uncomfortable spot there, but something I'm excited about because I'm trying to go more in the startup direction. And so I've been doing a bunch of research trying to figure out what types of startups I want to work at, what location, what size company. And then starting to dive a little bit more into that networking phase with that type of company moving forward. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I remember when you were talking about networking, and it doesn't have to be like surface level or like version of yourself, but just being your natural self. Another question I had was you mentioned that you took a advice from for what advice would you give to them um, as the reason why they said they said it and maybe also. The gap was really awesome for me because it allowed me to take some time away from Duke and reevaluate what I really wanted. I think Duke has this culture of if you're not doing something productive for your career, if you have a summer where you're not working for Apple or Google or GCC or whatever, like you're not doing it right. And I think that's not necessarily the case. I think if I were to totally do things like an internship wise, I would spend my freshman summer just doing something fun. I think it's an opportunity to build some like life capital, if you will. Beyond that, I think your sophomore summer is when things start to get a little bit more important. 
still not super make or, or break it, but leading up to that summer is when I would advise to have as many projects behind your belt as you can. Taking time to do something that you enjoy, I think those are the things that you actually talk about in the interviews that actually get your resume recognized. And then after that, it's talking about the jobs and such. It doesn't necessarily need to be traditional. I think whatever speaks to you is the way to go that comes to taking gaps or doing things. Yeah, absolutely. One question I do have for you is I know you've had a lot of experience working at big companies like well-known companies and smaller companies. And I feel like when you get into those big companies, sometimes there's a lot of pressure to get in and like stay in with them. But you've had the experience of jumping around a lot. Do you have any regrets about that or any advice to students who may be going through something like that right now? So it's a personal fair question for me. While I learned a lot from the big companies about the established ways of doing things, I felt like a very small piece of a very big puzzle. And while you can argue a really big, important, cool puzzle, I still felt like a tiny piece, and that wasn't something that I particularly enjoyed. And that just, for me, meant the small company vibe was a little bit more appealing. There's a lot of positives to big companies as well. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. But I think getting experience at both of them while you have the opportunity in college for internships is very valuable, and it was for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, can you expand a little bit upon on that feeling you were saying of like you knew that you felt like it was a better fit for you? I honestly think the answer is it took a lot of self-reflection, a lot of sitting down with myself and journaling about things and saying, why was I happy to go to work today? And for me, it was whenever there was something going on that I was intimately involved in and like, I could make a decision or have an idea that could actually impact something. That would really excite me. And for me, that's, that's the answer. It's, I want to wake up every day and be happy going to work. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And so it was just a question of what type of place gave me that. Awesome. I think that's great advice. So thank you so much, Grant, for being on today and telling us about your experience. I know that you definitely had kind of an unorthodox one, which is why we wanted to have you on here. But thank you so much. I think I, I learned a lot personally, so I'm excited for our listeners to hear about it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. If anybody wants to reach out, I'm sure they can put my email in the bio. I'm happy to answer any questions and help anywhere I can. Great. Thank you. Yeah, we will put your information out there. Okay, and uh, we're here today. This is Becky with Catherine and Lauren. I'm very excited from the Career Center. And can you both introduce yourselves? Sure, I'm Catherine Allen. I'm an assistant director over in the Career Center and manage our data technology and engineering career community. And part of that is also meeting with students across all uh, areas of study and all levels. Um, undergraduate, graduate. Um, so we do a lot over over there in the Career Center. I'm gonna pass it to Lauren. Yeah, I definitely have to echo what Catherine said. We definitely do a variety of different different things at the Career Center. Um, hi, I'm Lauren Corey and I'm a career advisor. I also um, help manage the data tech and engineering community. 
That's awesome. And I will say, I probably single-handedly send you all like tens of <laughs> students every week because I think the Career Center and what you all do is super valuable. Um, but not everyone knows about the Career Center. So can you just give us a quick overview of the Career Center and how you think engineer, engineering students should use and why they should use the Career Center? So if you think of any sort of career-related question, conversation, hurdle, we're, we're there to help you cover it. So it can be anything from, I have no clue what I want to do post-Duke, to I know what I want to do, but I have no idea how to get a job or an internship in that area, um, all the way to super specific things like, I need a resume, or I need help practice uh, with practice interviews. So we go very uh, theoretical and conceptual all the way to the very specifics, like this is how you go and get that internship or meet that goal. Um, so anything, anything you wanna add to that? Sure, um, something else I'll add is if you don't even know what the Career Center does or what we are, we welcome appointments like that too, to just explain like, you know, what exactly, how we can support you and guide you in, um, in your process at, at Duke and um, even topics that um, aren't directly career related, but are, are um, relevant to your interest in engineering, we can explore with you too. And I know because I, I've sent a lot of students uh, your way, just even the, again, just I don't even know how to get started. I'm like, go to the website, click on engineering, <laughs> and you see their faces. Click on uh, the names, right? And it's in there is like a link really prevalent says make an appointment with me. Yeah. And that, is that a good way to start? It's great. It's a great way to start. Um, we we love it when students come in and say, I just saw this button. I just saw this cool thing on your site. Or I have a, a contact, a mentor that says, uh, you should go talk to the Career <laughs> yes. Center. And so I'm here. I don't really know why I'm here or what I'm doing here. That's totally okay. You don't have to have it all figured out to come meet with us. Um, but uh, so appointments are great. Browsing the website is great. Um, and then the other, the other really cool thing about getting started with the Career Center is it's totally your comfort level, right? So if you think about what questions you have, even if they're not fully formed yet, um, think about what way do you best want to consume information just day to day? Is it reading? Is it writing and sort of processing things out and then talking it out with somebody? Is it watching videos? Is it listening to podcasts, right? So think about how you want to consume helpful information. More than likely, the Career Center has a way for you to go and get the info in the medium in which you prefer. So start with that and then we can go from there. So if you don't want it to be an appointment, that's okay. Um, but we have so many different ways for you to engage with us before that, if that's what you're most comfortable with. You know, the ways that you can engage with us outside of appointments is also, you know, through events, the career fairs, the career events we're hosting. And if you're wondering, where do I find this information? Um, Handshake is like the go-to resource. Um, that's where you can book appointments with us and also look at the different events that we're hosting or other campus partners are hosting at Duke. 
um, as well as, you know, our website, the career hub that Catherine mentioned, um, is, you know, plentiful with different resources and you can even personalize your career hub to include what industries you want to like get information about, um, which is really awesome. That's great. And so that was my next question, like uh, resources, but favorite resources. So is Handshake the favorite? It's a solid number one, but we have, a. I mean, I think we have a lot of favorites. Um, of course, the Career Hub. But I, I'm going to shout out maybe, I don't know how often this resource gets used. I should look into this. But uh, at the bottom of uh, our data technology and engineering community page, we have videos and they're sort of a combination of like recorded panels, a Q&A type interviews um, that cover a variety of topics. So I think those can actually be really fun and informative because not only are we talking about the career related things with professionals in the industry and Duke alum, but we're also talking about like trends and challenges within those areas too. So you sort of get like a two for one in those videos and usually they're like not terribly long. So I, I'm going to shout out the, the under, maybe the underutilized resource while we're here. So we have the underutilized resource. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to mention a very utilized resource, which is our resume guide, um, which is basically an overview of what components you should include in your resume. We have, um, you know, what you would include in your experience descriptions. We call accomplishment statements and examples of those, um, as well as different like resume examples, um, you know, ranging from undergrad resumes to graduate resumes. So it's a very um, broad spectrum. And particularly for our engineering folks, um, you will find our tech resume post um, very helpful as well because it gives you an example resume um, and just walks you through what they're looking for um, as far as industry. These are all great things. And um, particularly for students, when you're going into spring break, summer break, and you do have more time, you should watch all these videos, right? Just brace them through the summer. Um, Now, I don't know if we mentioned Handshake. So some students, I think most students do know, because I asked them, are you on Handshake? And a lot of them say yes. But in case a student is not familiar, it's for just students, right? We can definitely share a bit more on Handshake. So uh, it's just for students, like you said, and it's sort of, I sort of call it like a one-stop shop because you can make appointments with us through that system. It's the only way to make appointments with our office. Um, You can view uh, posted jobs and internships. So these are employers that have said, we want to recruit Duke students. They, they as uh, employers and also their postings go through a review process within our employer relations team. Um, so when you see a posting through the jobs tab on Handshake, you know that that person wants to, wants to work with and hire Duke students, which is really great. Um, events, like Lauren was just saying, you can view and register for any of our events. Whether they're career center sponsored, employer sponsored, or maybe they're sponsored by another partner on campus, check out the events there. Some you can register for, some you don't have to, it just sort of depends. Um, The other really cool thing on Handshake is the features that are there. So 
As a student, you have a profile and you can decide how much information you want to have on your profile or not. So this would be things like not just that you're attending Duke or that you're majoring in um, some area of engineering, but also volunteer, other work experience. Maybe there's, uh, you can upload your resume as well. So um, you can complete your profile as much or as little as you want. But then you can also choose whether or not you want to make it public to employers. And when you make it public to employers, you get some really cool features. And, you know, one is that employers can search you and message you if they have an opportunity that aligns with your interests, uh, which can be really nice. But the other thing is now you can see reviews from students who've worked at companies to see was this company really what I thought it was going to be. Um, and then there's also Q&A sections that you have access to. So you can ask a question about an employer and other students or the employer themselves will answer the question. And you can view all the Q&As involved, too. So somebody more than likely has had the same question that you had. You can go in and read the answer. Um, so it's really helpful. And you can filter all of this by just Duke students or students at any school that uses Handshake. Um, so that's also really exciting. So handshake a must. Yeah. What about for our seniors? Okay. What are maybe like two musts? Yeah. In addition to hand, in addition to handshake. Sure. So um, one must is definitely you know networking is crucial, especially when you're a senior and you're trying to figure out okay, is my fields of interest or field of interest something that you know, I want to go into or want to, you know, what do you kind of want to learn more about in terms of your industry? So that's something that you can utilize um, Duke alumni for, um, as well as other professionals um, through networking. Um, And you may be wondering, what exactly is networking? (laughs) And basically, it's a way to research um, about the field and learn about different individuals and what career paths they've chosen. and also a great way to build mentors. Um, so that's something that, you know, I would definitely recommend for seniors is, you know, if you have mentors at Duke, tapping into that network and then also um, professionally um, building those mentorships. Um, and so, yeah, networking is just kind of connecting with different individuals. And then, you know, if your, your conversations um, lend to a job opportunity or um, means of finding out about opportunities, that's always great, too. Um, but I would say networking and then also, um, you know, understanding kind of what roles you want to apply to um, is important. Crafting like your application materials, your resume, your cover letter. And that's all things that we can help you with um, and have resources on. Oh, can I add to that? Yeah, of course. Okay, so this last uh, component that Lauren mentioned can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. Of course, come visit us and we'll help with tips and ways to manage that. But you don't have to just pick one uh, job role or job title to apply to. So depending on your areas of interest, you could choose potentially two or three different job roles and run job searches within each of those. And so part of our uh, work isn't necessarily always helping you narrow down to that one 
thing. It's also helping you navigate. I have multiple interests as a senior and I'm still trying to figure those out. So how do I do sort of a multi-phase job search that covers a couple of different areas of interest? I love that because I often, students are telling me it's just hard to narrow it's narrowing in, or I've been told to find the one thing I'm passionate about, but what is that one thing? And I'm a big fan of, it doesn't have to be one thing, right? So I, this is great to know that students don't have to feel the pressure of having everything figured out. You know, just come see you all, right? Can we help you? That's amazing. Okay. Anything else that we, a question I didn't ask or anything that final, final words of advice? I have one thing. So uh, Lauren and I co-manage the data tech and engineering community, which y'all already know, but um, you can meet with any advisor in our office. We're all cross-trained on different industries and different areas of study. So if you're checking Handshake and you're thinking, oh my gosh, Catherine and Lauren are completely booked, don't worry. You can make an appointment with any advisor that's available. And um we're, we're all here to, to help you. And also, there's no limit to the number of appointments you can make. So if you meet with one advisor and you want to make an appointment for the next week and they're not available, meet with another advisor. You're not, you're not limited in how you go about navigating our office necessarily. That's amazing because a lot of students, when they come talk to me, they're like, I just want to meet with you every week because I need that accountability. So it's nice because it give students a little bit of, get this a little bit done, get, be accountable, come see us, we'll get you through the next hump. I love it. Okay, well, thank you, Lauren and Elizabeth for joining us. That was great information. Go to the Career Center, everyone out there. Hello, guys. My name is Priya, and I'm here with Dr. Richardson. He's the professor for my medical devices class as a senior. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, be glad to. So Eric Richardson, I'm in biomedical engineering, as, as Priya said. My background is in medical device design. So after I finished my PhD, I went into industry. I worked for Medtronic for several years, designing heart valves and pacemakers and other cardiac devices, and then went to Rice University and started some programs in global health technologies and also kind of medical device design programs there. And then about five years ago, came here to Duke, where I teach design at the senior level, but spend most of my time with the design health program, which is essentially like design at the graduate level between nursing and engineering and business and, and medicine. So excited to be here. Awesome. So this episode is all about engineering internships. And I know this past week or two, we had a lecture that you led that was kind of about preparing for applying for jobs, I guess, in our case, but also probably applicable to internships. And I thought that was really helpful to kind of see that in a classroom setting rather than having to look for resources outside of the classroom to kind of help us along with our journey if we're planning on going into industry or something like that post-grad. So can you kind of give an overview of what you talked about that day, kind of options for BME students and then advice for strategies to take as you're going along that journey? Yeah, maybe to start off with a couple of things, you know, first, I believe internships are incredibly valuable, even if you're thinking of going into grad school or being an MD or getting a PhD or whatever road you might go on, just because it kind of helps you get a view into what the life of a real engineer is like. 
and helps you make that decision in a very informed way. And then also, of course, gives you experience if you choose to go down that path. But briefly, you know, biomedical engineering is kind of an interesting field in that it's distinct from mechanical or electrical or chemical or civil in that in the traditional engineering disciplines, you are given a skill set, a technical skill set, and then you can apply those to any industry. BME, it's a little bit of the reverse where you're given a field of application, medicine, and you're given a lot of different skills. So it ends up being a a very different kind of approach to education and also different approach than to searching for a job. So, you know, I always tell my BMEs if they only want to do, say, CAD, for example, for the rest of their life, they shouldn't be a BME. They should go and be a mechanical engineer. Right. Uh, The metaphor you used was like a Swiss Army knife. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we kind of give BMEs the Swiss Army knife and we say, go solve problems in medicine. Um, And that can lead you down some really interesting pathways and can qualify you to work in positions that folks in the traditional engineering disciplines can't. So it's a neat and unique field. It's not for everyone. Again, people who really just want to pursue kind of one technical area, I, I do think it's the traditional engineering disciplines are great as well. But yeah, for BMEs, lots of options there. There are you know, a lot of people say it's hard for BMEs to get jobs. And I would say, you know, the numbers, and we've looked at this carefully, would indicate that BMEs are getting jobs at the same rate as any other engineering discipline. They're just different kinds of jobs. So if you're going to go toe-to-toe for a CAD job or a software job with a mechanical engineer or a software engineer, yeah, it, it might be a little bit more challenging, but BMEs have these other job opportunities open to them that otherwise you might not have. So Things like uh, product design, which doesn't rely on one specific area of engineering. Things like research and development in med tech is very interdisciplinary. Manufacturing, quality, clinical, regulatory, there are a lot of different pathways that BMEs are particularly suited to go down. So yeah, lots of things that BMEs are able to do by virtue of the breadth of their degree. I definitely think that the best thing that BMEs can do in their undergraduate career to land those internships is doing informational interviews. So reaching out through LinkedIn to members of the Duke Alumni Network, to friends and family, to whoever they can to kind of plant the seeds in their network and increase that network. Many of the jobs I've had, both in industry and in academia, have come from connections. And that's unfortunately, in in many ways, how the world (laughs) works in med tech. Um, I wish it was more equitable. I think it is getting more equitable, but a lot of opportunities are made known through connections. So a lot of what I've challenged my students to do is to spend a couple hours a week and reach out to people on LinkedIn, ask for 30 minutes of their time, and then talk to them about their career and be genuinely interested in them. And then to go ahead and ask at the end of that, can you connect me with anyone else? And then kind of exponentially grows and you can keep yourself very busy just talking to people and planting seeds. And it's appropriate too to share a resume and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be looking for an internship shortly. If anything comes up, let me know. So I think that's actually one of the best ways to do it. And there are career fairs. BMES, SWE is actually, I think, the best career fair ever. I recommend all of my students from all genders to go to that career fair because it is the best. Career fair? Uh, SWE is Society of Women Engineers. It's in Houston, usually. Yeah, it's a great, great career fair. There are some other ones that are pretty good. And then Handshake and the Duke Resources are excellent as well. You can also go to the websites. And I do recommend familiarizing yourself with the company websites and applying there as well. But usually the yield is a lot smaller there. Those are my four like traditional. uh, And and that was an hour lecture compressed into, you know, five minutes. Right, right. 
Go ahead. Informational interviews. How do you suggest translating that to applying? Are are you usually asking for kind of like a internal recommendation, or are you just letting them know that you're applying in case they want to track your application, or how does that work? Yeah, a couple of ways, and that's a really good question, Priya. How do you transition from just learning to kind of actually getting the job? So I always say, you know, go into the informational interview with the intent just to learn, not necessarily to get a job from the person because they can kind of smell that, you know, insincerity if it's there. So make sure that you're more focused on getting them to talk about, you know, what they're doing, what they're learning about, asking questions like what areas of your company are growing? Where do you see growth? Uh, How did you get your job? That's all really helpful data for you as you work on your own job search. And then giving them your resume at the end, usually through an email, I usually write a quick thank you note or have my students write a quick thank you note, sending the the resume as well, saying if there's an opportunity that comes up, we'd love to be considered for it. That's kind of a gentle way to plant the seed. But oftentimes, those informational interviews naturally evolve into, hey, I know so-and-so, they have an opportunity in this area if they interest you. You know, it's this gentle dance of not necessarily forcing yourself on them but really learning from them. And usually just that natural kind of learning from them will help you see what the opportunities are, get you connected. And then, yes, you know, as they say, most of my students have the experience where someone says, well, you know, something just opened up. They get an email from a person they did an interview with and, you know, apply here, send me your resume or let me hand you off to someone else. And then it kind of snowballs from there. But yeah, it's it's a dance, right? Right. Uh, You do it to learn, but you also do it to eventually have the outcome of strengthening your network and getting a job. Right. Makes sense. Do you have any personal experiences? I know you said you mentored a lot of students in internships and job applications. Do you have any interesting examples about how those went or how you help? Yeah, I'll tell you in my own experience. So my first job, I interned at Medtronic. I did probably about 30, I think I counted once, informational interviews applied to... Medtronic or in general? Just in general, all over the country and world, actually, I was very open to go wherever. So when I was finishing up graduate school, my PhD, I swore that I would never go into academics. <laughs> so I was set on going into industry. And I basically started doing informational interviews, did about 30 of them, probably had about maybe three to five interviews, and then ended up in my first job, which was at Medtronic. And every year, I mean, one of the reasons why I came back in academia is I love helping people with their careers and teaching and such. So I have spent the last 10 years working with young people trying to get jobs in industry and sometimes in academia. But yeah, it's really interesting. And I will say there are good years and more challenging years for job finding. I think we're going to see in the next couple of months what this year is going to be like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Early indications are it's already a pretty good year for internships. I've already seen a few offers and full-time offers as well come into play, but just a lot going on right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It looks like you've had a lot of work with students mentoring and then also your own personal journey in looking for jobs in the industry. I think those were the main questions I had for you. I think you did a really good job of, like you said, summarizing that really long lecture into a few short minutes. But thank you so much for taking the time to meet me and talk with me and share your information with our audience. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Hi everyone, my name is Jada Hines. I'm currently a senior at Duke University. I'm majoring in mechanical engineering and I'm also doing a four plus one program where I'm getting my master's in engineering management. I'm really interested in product design, product development, brand strategy, anything just related to engineering and marketing. Wow, that's awesome. 
So do you want to walk us through what kind of internships you've had over the course of your college career and how you got them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so since I'm like really interested in like engineering and marketing, I've just had a wide variety of internships that had to do with both of those fields. So the first internship that I had was during my sophomore year summer, and I was working with Clear Strategy, which is a marketing consulting agency. And then for the second half of that summer, I also did engineering work where I had an internship with Columbia University and Amazon, where I was a summer undergraduate research assistant. And then during my junior year summer, I worked with Walt Disney Imagineering as an intern in their advanced development department. Wow. Okay. That's that's a very impressive spread of things. (laughs) That's awesome. So how did you come about obtaining these internships? Because those are a lot of different things Mm -hmm. all over the board. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say for my first one with Clear Strategy, which was the marketing consulting agency one, during my freshman year summer... I did a shadowing experience with one of the directors of the company. So it was really informal. I was just able to learn about like what she does. And she was also a Duke alum. So they had a program where Duke students were able to shadow Duke alumni. So I was able to shadow her over the summer. And then that following year, I reached out to her and I was like, hey, are you guys having any interns this summer? And they're like, yeah, we would love to have you. So that was how I got that, knowing her and reaching out to her. How I got my Columbia University and Amazon internship was I actually got this through National Society of Black Engineers on Duke's campus. So I'm in their group chat and someone just posted a flyer to do like mechanical engineering research. That's something that I've never done before. And I was like, this would be cool to just try out to see if I'm interested in it. So I basically just applied and then I got it. And then for my Disney internship, so I actually got this again through the National Society of Black Engineers. I went to their national conference and Disney had a booth there. Before like going into the career fair, I was in line with one of my friends who is also a Nesby member. And when I saw that Disney was going to be there, I was like, Jonathan, I want to work at Disney. Like, (laughs) this is my dream ever since the Imagineering story came out, like on Disney Plus. But once I saw that, I was like, that's amazing. And I'm from Florida, so I always grew up like around Disney. So yeah, just like making magic and making people happy. There's people that do that. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to work there. So yeah, I went to the career fair, talked to a recruiter, didn't really hear anything back from them. And then it was like in the middle of May when my friend Jonathan that I was in the line with the career fair for, he was like, hey, Jada, I got this offer from Disney, but I'm going to decline it for another full time offer at another company. Do you want me to send your resume to them? And I was like, yes, please. (laughs) So, yeah, he sent my resume, and then about a week later, they reached out to me, and my manager that I had, they were like, he wants to interview you. So I had an interview with him, and then I got the internship at Disney. That's so much fun. Oh, my gosh. What were you doing specifically for Disney? Yeah, so I was working in their advanced development research department. The project that I was working on, they were working on, like, costume character development and working on, like, an exoskeleton. So I was helping to design a calf strap system for the stilts. And my design, I was able to finish it over the summer. Um, They were able to test it. And now that design is going to be used in, like, all of their future products. So I'm really excited about that. 
it's really a hit or miss with internships. You don't really know like how much you're going to make an impact, but I'm very happy and excited to know that my work is going to be able to make people happy and continue to like spread the magic of Disney. So yeah, that's so awesome. I feel like engineering internships, you can do so many different things. Like it's so broad. So I think being passionate about the mission, like something like Disney, when they Mm -hmm. have like a clear mission like that, it's really awesome. Yeah, no. And that was like another thing. My manager, he even asked me, he was like, oh, like, what do you want to do? Because my resume is like kind of like all over the place. So he did ask me, he was like, you can work with our mechanical engineer or you can work with our product manager for the summer. Mm -hmm. So I was basically able to choose my path on which route I wanted to go. I do want to build more engineering experience, so I decided to go on the engineering route. But yeah, it really is what you make it. A lot of these internships, giving ideas, being a part of like discussions, and I feel like that's with all of the internships that I've had. Just being able to share your ideas and just be a part of the whole process, whatever team you're working on. Yeah, that's amazing. So you mentioned that you're planning on doing the four plus one program next year. Mm -hmm. Um, So what made you decide that you wanted to go that path? So freshman year, Jada didn't really know what she wanted to do with her life. I knew I wanted to do something within marketing. In high school, I worked with a consulting agency and I did field marketing for them. So I was like, that is so cool. Just understanding how brands work, how brands are able to connect with consumers and build products for them. So I was like, how can I do this? Duke doesn't have like any business majors or like marketing or communications. Mm -hmm. So I looked into doing like the marketing management certificate, maybe going into Trinity and doing econ. That wasn't the path that I felt like was right for me. But I also was at a point where I did not feel like engineering was something that I wanted to do. I felt like I was going to go through my whole Duke career, end up with an engineering degree and not become an engineer. And I feel like that's just that was just like a waste of time for yeah. me. Yeah, I was like, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a lot of work for me to have a degree and be like, mm, just kidding. I don't want to do this. So I did like a lot of research on looking up different like Duke alum on LinkedIn, trying to figure out, OK, what did they do with a mechanical engineering degree? And I realized that a lot of people actually don't do engineering when they get a mechanical engineering degree. And I had to come to a realization that the stuff that I learned here, like, of course, I'm not going to use like right now I'm in heat and mass. So heat and mass is on my mind right now, but I'm not maybe not use heat and mass in my work situations like the skills that I learned there, but I could apply like the problem solving skills. And so I was able to learn that very quickly that I didn't have to go into an engineering career path. I was just doing research on Duke's website and I found the four plus one and it was in engineering management. And I was like, this is kind of perfect for me because it's really mixing like, how do you design a product for a consumer and then bring it out to market? So I was like, this is perfect. So you've obviously gone through a lot of different facets of what engineering can take you to. You've kind of seen like the whole scope. Do you have any advice for engineers right now who are kind of determining where they want to take their career path? Yeah, I would definitely first say look on LinkedIn. Look at what people are doing, what type of jobs they have. Connect with people, talk with people. If there's somebody, if you really want to work at Google and you want to know what it's like to work at Google, what what do you actually do? Working at Google or working as an Imagineer, like reach out to people, ask them, what do they do in their role? What do they like about their role? And then also 
make connections with people in your classes, find out what they did over the summer, what their internships, what experiences they've had, because they are a resource too, I would say. And then I would say finding like a community. Right now I have NSBE in the National Society of Black Engineers, and that has been like a great resource for me. Basically all of, majority of the opportunities that I've gotten has been through NSBE. So it's just really a support system of people that want to help you, will give you the tools and resources that you don't even know you need at the time. Just like even the case of me just talking to Jonathan and telling him that I wanted to work at Disney really just set me up to work at Disney. Yeah, that's amazing advice. So thank you so much, Jada, for being here. All right. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. This Engineering Life is brought to you and supported by the Pratt School of Engineering at Duke University. A special thanks to all of our interviewees for sharing their experiences. Our senior producers, Dr. Rebecca Simmons. Our editors are Priya Juarez, Raina Verbensky, and Richard Kim. Our theme music is from Silverman Sound, Audio Audics, and Kevin McCloy. Be sure to check back in two weeks when we talk about Duke-specific opportunities such as internships and fellowships. These are available only to Duke students and we highly recommend you check them out. You can find this episode and more resources online at thisengineeringlife.com. I'm Priya. I'm Raina. I'm Richard. And I'm Sydney. And this has been This Engineering Life. See you again soon.